like I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Let Me Ask My Mom. Uh, I'm your host, Carlisle Studer, here with my lovely mother, woohoo, Carmen Studer. Here I am. She had two cocktails before this, so. You weren't supposed to tell on me. Yeah, what an outer. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to tell She's on you. She's transparent. I like that about her. Yeah, you got to know. Yes. I think that's fine. Drinking and podcasting. It was all in the name of charity, so. <laughs> I get drunk for charity. <laughs> I'm not drunk. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say anytime I do something You'll like that. You'll be like, I'm just, I take after my mother. Like, I'm not drunk. I'm just for charity. <laughs> Do you want to do like tequila shots for charity? <laughs> you, you want to come over? I'm drinking a beer too if it makes you feel like <laughs> That's true. You're the only sober one here, so um, you got to carry the day. I'm drinking holy water. Oh, good. Did you in, <laughs> did you pray over it? Mhm. As long as there's Definitely. no popes involved, we're good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, the pope came over to my apartment cuz he knew I wanted some holy water. <laughs> You missed it. I like your connections, though. My connections? Oh, to the Pope? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got I got mad connections for days there for someone who is very introverted. <laughs> there is no, there's no privacy in our family, Kev. Are you sure you want to be a part of this? Yeah, it's the same in mine, so <laughs> we're totally sympathetic over <laughs> there. there. <laughs> there's, there's no, this is who you are, and this is the way it is. Was that how it was in your family? Yeah, you yeah. know that. My family's crazy. I wasn't there when you were growing up. I don't know. But you've seen us now. All the ins and outs. Like when I when I was bringing Mac and his friends there, ex felons. My family is like, oh, hi, welcome. What do you like to drink? (laughs) Yeah, that's just my family, you know. Yeah, with a lot of love, no judgment. No, yeah. Anyone can come to our Thanksgiving. Yes, and I've invited the UPS guy. I've invited. Remember he brought amazing pies. I don't remember that. Yeah. He's really cute, too. <laughs> Is that why you invited him? No. I invited him because he was a stray. <laughs> you can't call a human a stray. <laughs> he was a stray. I told him he was a stray. He admitted he was a stray. He Aww. had nowhere to go. And so I invited him. And you know how it was a, the UPS office in Flower Town, which is our name for Flower Mound. It's the upgrade version. But he literally was the nicest guy and I'd see him all the time because I was sending stuff to whoever and whatever I was there for. And when he told me he had nowhere to go, I was like, well, yes, you do. And then I was so amazed that he showed up with pies. And they were delicious, by the way. That's important. If you're going to bring a dessert, it better be delicious. Did he make the pies? He made them himself. Oh, wow. That's actually really impressive. he was like maybe 20, 23. He was probably your age. Wow. Yeah. So it looks like I got to learn how to make a pie now. <laughs> Once you turn You've 23. To. I can't believe you haven't done it yet. Yeah, I know. But we don't have a lot of the baking stuff. We have all the baking stuff. We do not have all the baking stuff. What do you need? I, I don't know what I need to bake a pie, <laughs> but I have a gut feeling. We, I don't even think we have flour at the house. I think we have almond flour. We don't have flour. Coconut flour. Do we, we, don't, do we, we have Do we have baking powder? No. We don't, have well, cane, we have we don't even have cane sugar. Like, You're right. We have... All of the healthy versions of all of those things. So you're going to have to take a special kind of a class to create healthy baked goods. Healthy baked goods. I like baking. I haven't baked in a long time, but I enjoy it. It's relaxing. (laughs) Okay, are you ready for your question? Oh my gosh, yes. Can't wait. Okay, let me ask my mom this question. What is the hardest conversation you've had to have uh with a client and explain what you do as well so that anyone who's new here okay so I'm a life coach which is really just somebody who shares um high concepts with somebody that they either resonate with or they don't the hardest conversations I across the board are when in a way, I was made for this because, as you know, I'm an eight on the Enneagram, so I'm a challenger. I don't have a problem challenging people. The hard part is doing it in a way that makes them be open to the improvement or open to their blind spot or open to what I'm sharing. And it's just my opinion, and I always tell people that, here's the thing, this is just my view of what you're going through. It might not even be 
something that resonates with you, feel into it, see if it resonates. But the hardest conversations are one where you have to tell somebody that in your opinion, they might need to look at something that they're causing rather than them thinking that somebody else caused it. Yeah. And that's that victim mentality, um, the blame game, the whatever it is. And it goes on all kinds of different levels. Like there's some that are so obvious and then there's others that are very, very subtle. And so the hardest conversation that I can remember is sharing with somebody who's paying me to tell them it's their fault, which is what everybody is actually paying me for when it comes down to it. But some of them are more intense. And so it's um, harder to share with them because they're ha they have a bigger load to carry than they ever imagined. So just telling someone it's all your fault is the hardest conversation. I, I was looking for more like a specific. Yeah, break it down. Yeah, yes. I know what you mean. Because that's very broad. Yes. Like, like, what, a and clinical sounding. Yeah, yeah. A very specific. All right. Um, I, it's hard to do without exposing someone's specific story. But you don't have to say who it is. That's true. So I think, yeah, but they know. So that's where it's tough. I don't want them on any level to feel like I've exposed them. But how about if I give an example that's very similar? Yeah, that's yeah, it's like this is like a dramatization okay. when you're watching okay. a crime so show. So I'll tell you an exact story, but I'm not giving I'll, I'll give an example of what could be. So let's say a woman came to me and said, "My husband has cheated on me." And most people would sympathize with her and they would feel sorry for her and they would, and I'm not saying that she's not a victim of that specific crime, but what I will say is, as long as she thinks it's all his fault, she cannot grow in the way I believe it's important for her soul. If her soul can take responsibility for her part in that, then she now has control that she never had before. Um, and so the, the one I'm thinking of is somebody that I basically said, I know you don't think you're at fault in any level for this, and this is going to be hard to swallow. And how I know is because you know this, and I've shared this with everybody, and you know I'm not exposing anyone, but with my divorce, I felt like I was a victim all the time. And once I became responsible for my part, it shifted even the way we interact today. Mm -hmm. So your father and I get along great now because I shifted. Mm -hmm. Even though I do believe in some cases I was a true victim, but to be innocent of something doesn't mean that you don't have any part of it. It's true. So, you know, there's a lot of times where I would be very unpopular, in my opinion, because I think people contribute 50%. I don't care who you're interacting with. I don't care what it is. Um, I use the example that something could happen to me that was completely not my fault. And the old me would have been like, oh, I was such a victim of this. The new me goes, how did I create that? How, how did this happen to me? And I notice patterns now that I wouldn't have noticed before. And that, I think, is a really hard conversation because I know for myself, I literally was so angry at the person who taught me this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, she has no idea what it, like I'm a completely good person. But it's not about good or bad. Yeah. It's about taking on the responsibility of what you want your life to be like. Yeah. Well, I think the people... Does that help? Yes. Okay, good. Two things. I think the people who have the hard conversations with you love you the most because I've never, you don't, even conversations that really piss you off initially, those don't teach you anything down the line. Like, or no, they do. Those are the ones that teach you everything. <laughs> like, it may make you mad for weeks, but then once you get over the ego involvement of it, you, you, it, 
it's the only way that helps you grow versus anyone just agreeing with you. And also, I think I agree with that. I think outside of certain cases and people who are just, you know, like serial cheaters. Uh, right, it's different. If yes. you're a, pre- a sexual predator. Yeah, different. yeah, yeah. And that's different. I think some people just aren't meant to be in monogamous, <laughs> which is fine. That's that's your prerogative, whatever. But I, I do think that that is... It, people do it to meet their needs. And so it can be emotional or physical. And sometimes people do it just because some need is not being met. And however, just because your need isn't being met, rather than seeking it outside, it's your job to identify it Bingo. and to communicate with your partner and how to meet that need. But most people don't have the... The, the resources skills. or the or the, even the identifying skills. Most people wouldn't ever be like, or being open. oh, hey, my need's not being met. I'm going to go pick up a girl at a bar. It's like, I'm feeling lonely. I don't know what I feel, so I'm going to go search for something. Yeah. But that's, that's the level of awareness that I want to get people to. And it's funny because I had a long conversation with a gentleman today about cause and effect. And he was just about the disrespect. And he was like over and over, like trying to prove his point. And I said, here you are doing it with me. You're having this war with me about cause and effect. But really, when you overcome and you get to what I consider not a linear level, but a quantum level, you begin to look at not cause and effect, but what do I want? I'm only cause. Instead of I, I have to see what the cause and effect is. If you just take I am the cause of everything, you shift your whole life. And by the end of the conversation, he agreed with me. But he also knows, which is what he kept fighting for, is that there is cause and effect. Mm-hmm. But you can overcome it, and that's what people don't realize. Yeah, because I mean, even if you only have control of 5% of your life, if you take control of 5% of that, it, it changes... A little bit of everything. Yes. Changes 5% of everything. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. The holographic concept is effective at all times. The holographic concept? Yeah. So that's a whole nother conversation. But I believe in holographic physics, which is if I could break it down in the most simple concept, is if I was to take a regular, not a holographic, negative of a picture you cut out a piece of it, you only have a piece of it. That's it. You don't have the whole picture. But a holographic piece of film, if you're to take a little piece, no matter how tiny it is, it still creates the whole picture. And what people don't realize is all the little pieces affect the whole picture all the time. I feel like you're always like, I'm going to break it down really simple. And then you say something (laughs) really confusing. And I'm always like, yes, physics, holograms, quantum leaps. Like I, I, but I, that's not how my brain processes things. You, okay, here's what you do. You A to C things. Like, do you know, does everyone know what A to C is? Like, that's like a, I don't. Skip B. Okay. So that's like a, it's, I think it's mostly an improv term. That's how I know it is from improv classes. But like, if you get a suggestion improv and the suggestion is Apple, you're not, you don't want to be like a banana or like whatever you want to be you would a to see it so you would go to like something further away from like a school teacher i feel like you're just not explaining it the way we would <laughs> does that make sense this is a lot simpler with you. than holograms that's true or you would take apples to jamba juice like it's a jump it's a it's a it's an obvious jump yes it's an obvious jump but you i think you a to like g because you make these really big obvious jumps because you stick with like these core concepts and then just hop over. But, but I, everyone I work with knows the core concepts. No, no, no. But I mean, just just the way your brain processes oh, things in general. Yeah, it goes, it goes bullet I points. Fly. Like you get it, you get it, you move on. I don't even go A to C. I'm like, okay, well, why does A go to B? Right. Why isn't C before B? How do yeah. we get from A to B? Like, what's the path? <laughs> You're learning. Like you don't, you don't never get past A. You're no. just stuck on A. <laughs> Literally, because I'm like, well, I want to know the history of A. How did A it. get here? Like. Um, I love it. But that's the beauty of everybody being different. I was thinking about that today because there's so many people um, trying to make the world better right now in mm-hmm. these difficult times. And how amazing that we have lawyers that are doing things and doctors that are doing things and activists that are doing things and how each person is so important. Mm-hmm. So important. Yeah, no, it's true. I've learned so much just from people 
doing like posting like activism things on like Instagram and Twitter and I've learned so much about history and things I didn't know before and law medicine so it is very interesting and I'm happy people find concise ways to share information yeah, yeah like, sorry. I, I had no idea what the Spanish. Oh, sorry, Carmen. No, you're good. Mine aren't concise. Go ahead, Kev. Oh, I was just saying. Yeah, I had, I had no idea what the Spanish flu was before COVID. Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew. You know? it, yeah, I, I had heard of the Spanish flu, but and now we all know it was 1905. And now, yeah, you draw these parallels, <laughs> and I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, it was rough. It was mad, and like all those people that are living today that survived the Spanish flu as a kid and COVID as like a hundred and four year old or whatever. I'm like, damn, that's nuts. Two pandemics. Crazy. That is crazy. Imagine the kids being born now. Who knows what they'll face? <laughs> right? But I'll be out here by then. So, like, good and, luck. I mean, the energy's moving faster and this the whole blockchain world. And I mean, you have to be keeping up. Like, honestly, anyone that's listening, if you do not read, you need to start reading because if you are not informed, you are going to be in the bottom everything. Start learning. I think you can either be up to date or completely off the grid. And I think. Both will bring you to the same level of knowledge for very different reasons. But you, it's more painful to go through it. To go off the grid? Well, and I don't mean off the grid as far as, I mean just true knowledge, not misinformation or whatever. I just think people need to really be aware of their surroundings and how the world works the gate it's a game we're here on this yeah but i mean like if you literally lived off the grid if you lived in a cabin no you supplied everything for yourself you would have such a natural sense of of right and wrong yes and laws and things just from laws of nature from taking care of your house and water and power all that that you would have the same amount so yeah exactly you would know the same amount just through different, yeah. But that wasn't what I was meaning. Avenues, I'm talking yeah. about people who are off the grid uh, intellectually, and they're on the grid, like in the world. They're not, you know, doing their own thing. Like <laughs> my friend, she was telling me what kind of guy she wants, and she's like, you know, I used to want a sophisticated guy, and now I just want a prepper. Doomsday prepper. <laughs> Doomsday Preppers, where are you at? Yeah, exactly. There's going to be like an app. It's not going to be like... Doomsday tender. Prepper dating site? Literally, yeah. it's going to be a Doomsday Prepper I dating site. I want one. Yeah, and you just post pictures of like your underground bunker <laughs> and your well and your solar panels. How like, many supplies you your have? Tank, yeah. Your tank. Your tank. All your ammo. Your mm-hmm. meals ready to eat. Yeah, you got everything pickled for yeah. <laughs> 10 years. Your garden, your dog, your guns, your, your gold stashed in the back. Like We don't need to see what you look like. That's I just, hot. Yeah, exactly. I just need to know. <laughs> I just need to know that all your money is not in a bank. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Yeah. We're all in the same. We get it. Yeah, you're not going to be gold diggers anymore. We're bunker diggers. <laughs> Where's that bunker? You don't need money anyway. You'll no, need eels for currency. I got to shout out to Paulina <laughs> exactly. for the prepper thing. Thank you, Paulina. <laughs> okay, we're all there. Uh, that was quite the first question. We're now on to non-current events. Yeah. Welcome to uh, non-current events. Let's get into it. Okay. This is, is this going to take a while for me to explain, but I thought it was really interesting. And um, if I pronounce a lot of these things terribly wrong, I apologize. Ahead of time. Okay. Do you know what the, uh, the devil's Bible is? The Codex Gigas? Gigas? My gosh. Rarely does somebody shock me with something I don't know anything about. You just got me. It's called the Codex Gigas or Gigas. I don't know. It's G-I-G-A-S. Okay. Um, Also known as the Devil's Bible. So it's a compilation of religious, medical, historical, magical related type of texts. And a a monk from uh, a monastery in Bohemia, which is now, you know, the Czech Republic. uh, It's the biggest medieval manuscript in existence, wow. and it was once considered the eighth wonder of the world. How did it get, how did it get pulled? Why did it get pulled? <laughs> how did it lose its yeah. wonder status? I don't know. They didn't, you are not wonderful anymore, <laughs> because I think Lucifer has a stamp on you, because it says devil on it. Yeah, I'm assuming, because I thought all the wonders of the world were like architecture or nature. I think they are. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why I lost but it. But I mean, it came from a man. That's nature. Intellectual property. They're like, yep, yeah, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't say that. There's probably a story there. I'll have to contact the library in Sweden where it's currently located. Okay, anyways, so. 
It's um, it was pledged to a monastery in Sedlec in twelve ninety five, and then the same year was purchased by the Benedictine Order of Brevno. Probably not saying that right either. Um, and then in the 16th century, so it was chilling there for what, 400 years? Yeah. In the 16th century, the Holy Roman Emperor Rudolph II. Um, don't, don't trust him already. Yeah. Any, <laughs> anybody that claims to be a, a Holy Roman Emperor sounds a little sketchy. Uh, he became deeply enmeshed in a cult. See, knew we shouldn't have trusted him. And he obsessed over this devil book. And he told the monastery he wanted to borrow it so, you know, he could read it and give it back. But, you know, anytime a holy Roman emperor <laughs> takes something of yours, you probably should know you're not going to you get just, it back. You were just conquered. Yes. Yeah. And, but, okay, here's the weird thing. He was obsessed with it, and he never let it out of his sight. It was at his sight at all times. Um, and then during the Thirty Years' War in Europe well, from 1618 to 1648, the uh, the Swedish forces confiscated it. Wow. And then, this is funny, May 7th, 1697, there was a fire at the Palace of Stockholm. So Sweden confiscated it. It's in Stockholm. The fire breaks out, and the library starts to catch on fire. Well, Oh, my gosh. This is horrible. This one, you know, upstanding monk citizen started to throw the most precious books out the window so they could keep them and wow. preserve them because you know what else are you gonna do if it burns down and um it's such a giant book that it's said to have injured someone because <laughs> you're watching the fire and then this book just flies out of this castle window and uh, that's how it lost its wonder status yeah once it killed someone yeah, they're like... <laughs> Physically. Uh -huh. I love it. You're like, you don't have an innocent past. No. Nope. Attempted murder. Yeah. You're out. But... Um, you are no longer a wonder. No longer a wonder. You're an unwonder. Okay, but here's the thing. It's 165 pounds. Holy cow. That's bigger than me. That's what I weigh. Wow. Yeah. Not even. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. 165 pounds. And it's 310 sheets of vellum made of calf or donkey skin. Oh, wow. Because, you know. so it's Because they didn't have paper back then. Yeah, it's 36 inches or tall. Or at least not for that. 36 inches tall, 20 inches wide, 9 inches thick. Uh, nobody knows exactly who wrote it or how the scribe achieved it in one single lifetime because it's really beautifully done with tons of illustrations and... Um, aliens. Aliens. <laughs> No, but okay, so here's the interesting thing. It's confirmed by one of those people who graphology, like they study that, that mm -hmm. it was written by the same person, and wow. handwritten, so they know that it wasn't something because the knowledge was so, so vast. So they channeled it. The knowledge was so vast that they assumed originally like a team of monks got together and did this, like but... A compilation type. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly, but apparently just one guy did it because the handwriting and the illustrations all match. I mean, I guess someone could have been sitting there and telling him what to write, but... um. It, at minimum, it would take five years working nonstop to write this. And oh maximum, gosh. most likely, they say it took 25 How do to I not know about this? Me either. I've never and heard of it. How do I get right? a copy of this? <laughs> we'll I want to be Sweden. like the Holy Roman guy. We have to go to Sweden and ask him what happened to the wonder. Wow. So, yeah, it probably took 25, 30 years. Um, but this is what's interesting. There's a 19-inch tall illustration of the devil, like right in the middle, that confuse people exactly what the book is about because it contains demonic conjurations and spells. It contains things for exorcisms. It contains several parts of the Bible and religious texts. And then the page next to the devil, this giant drawing of this literal devil. It? Yeah, there's pictures yeah. online. Ne right next to that page, there is a um, illustration of the heavenly city. And so they think it, it represents the struggle of mankind yeah. through like the two... The two choices, like those are your two choices right next to each other. Right. But so here is what the legend is about who wrote it. Um, they called him Herman the Recluse, and he was a holy man who broke his sacred vows to the church. Ooh, and this is interesting. He was supposed to be walled up alive as punishment, which was a thing that happened. They used to pee, like... Yes, okay, so... Kind of like the cask of Amontillado, sort of, where they oh, like what's that? put Maybe. you behind the brick and then, like they walled you in. Yeah, and they, you just they basically buried alive. They literally built you into the architecture. Yeah. yeah, that happened to that one guy who was like a serial murderer in like the 1700s or something, and they found like all these bodies in his basement, and then wow. they they immured him, you know, alive, and then wow. people said you could hear him screaming for a little while. Crazy, crazy. 
That's nuts. But anyway, so I'm in awe. Like you're literally. Oh, thank you. I feel like I'm watching the best movie I've ever this seen. This is all great horror movie stuff. I know, Even right? Even thriller, like Da Vinci Code. I know. I want We need. We need a movie. We yes. need a Netflix movie about Herman, Epic. Herman Epic. the Recluse. Okay, so he he didn't want to. Is be, it like Herman Trismegistus? No, no, they. It was. Um, I don't know. Okay, keep going. So they called him Herman the Recluse, but obviously Herman the Recluse didn't want to be uh, buried alive in a building. So don't blame him. He pleaded to make a book in one night that would contain all human knowledge, atoning for his sins. Wow. Uh, by midnight, he knew this feat was impossible and called upon Satan for help, exchanged his soul for the completion of manuscript. Oh. That's the legend that exists because his name was added posthumously, I think, to one of the last pages. Wow. And so that was what people at the, during that time believed what had happened. But nobody knows what sins the writer committed or Herman committed. Uh, apparently they were so awful, the Benedictine monks kept it secret. And the book appears to have a confession list, but these are just, no one knows if these are things that he did or if these are things that he just warned everyone because it was a like pride, mankind. pride, envy, lust, gluttony, bestiality, and, fornic and fornication. Um, it ends with a prayer for mercy and forgiveness. What's the prayer? I don't know. I didn't read the book. It didn't say. Yeah. You don't give up all the pages online. You've got to go see it in person. Is, Is there an good? audio version? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then there's just 19 minutes of them describing that's the devil. Incredible. <laughs> it takes you 20 years to listen to. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that crazy? And that's why, like... I love your tagline, stay suspicious, because mm -hmm. honestly, I, I have no problem with Catholics. I, I grew up a Catholic. I'm not saying anything bad about Catholics, but I do believe that in all powerful entities, institutions, whatever, there is the ability for somebody to come in and do evil mm -hmm. with, with great good. And it, it, I think, happened often. And... I do not, I believe absolutely you can sell yourself, your, your soul to the devil. Like, yeah. All day long. And I've seen, I've seen true miracles in my own life with, you know, interacting with Christ. I can't even imagine how tricky the devil gets with offering, but it didn't work out well for Herman. No. Let's just keep the point of the whole story straight. Yeah. Herman sold his soul, and then we apparently never heard from him again. <laughs> he got he got locked in a building. Well, no, that's what he, he wrote this book to avoid. Oh, getting locked in the building because so we was, don't we don't even know where Herman went. He like could have gone to the Caribbean. No, after Herman that. is AWOL. <laughs> Where's Herman? He started a podcast. Hashtag find Herman. <laughs> I got questions. <laughs> Where's Herman? Where is Herman? I know that's that is funny. I'm like, yeah, selling your soul. I'm like, are some souls worth less? Like. How does that? Anyone does that work? Anyone that sells their soul, like I don't even get it. Like, how is it even worth it? But apparently, a lot of people do it. Oh yeah, definitely. Is that where the term "sellout" it's, came from, or is especially that especially in the uh, good question. right in the music industry? From what I understand, yeah, I think all celebrity industries, including politicians, but all those threes, yeah. <laughs> That'll be that'll have to be a question on the bunker dating app. Like, have you sold your soul before? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Did you ever consider selling your soul? <laughs> the bunker dating app. I love We're gonna it. keep building this and adding to it. Yeah. I'm looking for a man full soul intact, please. <laughs> the immune system, a soul, we gotta have everything. <laughs> like you if you're missing a finger, I can live with that. But like I can't <laughs> not if you're missing a soul. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can, oh, that's true. What? Everyone sells their soul a little bit at a time, and that's Jeez. the problem. No, and I'm not saying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Like, you think you about your vessel, and, like, people yeah. sell out. Like, we yeah. sin. We, we, we fall short of the mark, so to speak. And um, that's why, like, I really have a huge heart for anyone, no matter what horrible thing they've done. Not saying that they shouldn't have consequences so that they understand what they did, mm -hmm. but but to actually believe in redemption, I think is important. 
Yeah. Now, I do know that there's certain people that can't get there. Yeah. Certain people are just too far gone. But I agree. I think there's a difference. They sold their whole soul. They sold their whole soul. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, yeah. A, it wasn't what a loan. What percentage of your soul? We'll have to have like. They a, no longer have the deed. We start yeah. a new company where we like decide. <laughs> How much of someone's How soul much they of have your left? Soul is, <laughs> what, what percentage of light are you? Oh, gosh. That's so great. I love it. Wow. That was the best. Like you win non-current events. Isn't that interesting? That's the best one I've ever heard. I was fascinated. Was What's the name of that that book? Um, the Devil's Bible. The well, they, that's what they call it. The Devil's Bible because oh. it has you know the giant portrait of Lucifer, but it's called the um, Codex Gigas, Gigas, Gigas. I don't know how to. So say before it. we keep going, because I know you probably have more, I, I would like to share something. I do often look at the opposite view. Mm-hmm. It's actually something you've inspired me to do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and recently I read an article by a gentleman, and I'm not going to say his name, but <laughs> it was trying to attract people to the Luciferian religion, mm-hmm. which I don't need. I think religion is giving it too much <laughs> Satan's power. Satan's like, yo, you got ad space? Yeah. <laughs> like, can I hop in on that? Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. But I'm not going to lie. I think I'm, I'm very... I literally thought I would read it and be like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. But now you're like, oh, this makes sense. I found myself, logically, like, I understand how he's doing this. I see how he's pulling people to, like, before I even got there, I could see the end. And I was like, wow, this is powerful. Yeah. It's like cults. Like, from the outside, it looks like, of course, no one would join a cult, but... It's step by step. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like Jonestown. I mean, good God. Yeah, it's nuts. An inch at a time. Nuts. It's an inch at a time. Mm-hmm. But there was some really like, if you look at it just mentally, you could see where you could be swayed. I could. I, I literally could be like, wow. And um, I'm not gonna lie. It scared me because. <laughs> Not because it scared me personally, but because it scared me that that man can wield that much power. But mm-hmm. this also shows how much I believe in all ideas need to be out there. All No one should yeah. be censored. You should defend, you I should defend anyone I didn't report, even if you don't agree. I didn't report it. I, I, you know, people have to find their own journey. Yeah. And I do believe that even the bad leads to the good. Like, I really do. But um, wow, that that article blew my mind. I never thought I could be um, even remotely thinking that it could sway someone, and it was powerful. Yeah, yeah. So if you read an article about Satan, don't sell your soul. <laughs> That's the bottom line, right there. <laughs> don't believe Lucifer propaganda. Well, and it's interesting because Luciferianism—I didn't mm-hmm. know this. It's different than Satanism, right? It's the equal parts, good and bad. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people are like, whoa, like this person, how could they be into that when they're giving so much to charity, but they're supposed to develop the left hand as much as they do the right hand. Yeah. From what I understand, like obviously I have not, because I do think it's a slippery slope. I think when you start studying something evil, you tend to be sucked into it in ways that are unexpected. That's why villains in movies are so powerful, you know? Like, because you empathize with them. You're like, all right, they're, they kind of have a point. You know what I mean? Like, once like you the see, Joker. Yeah, like once you see their, their backstory or where they're coming from or whatever, you're like, you know what? He's making a lot of sense. Like, I don't... <laughs> Like, I may not agree with if him. If I got beat up by my own mother and betrayed by my own mother. Yeah, and, yeah. well, it kind of makes sense. I can see it. See, aren't you glad I haven't betrayed you? <laughs> yes, thank yet. you. Thank you for that. I may um, sell you for the devil's Bible. Let's see. Well, do we want to... Okay, since we're on a, a spooky topic, this is one of the things I didn't know if I was going to bring up today, but I thought we're it was... We're going dark. We're going dark We're going today. dark. We're, we're dark, dark, but we're not this dark. <laughs> that's my that's my um disclaimer <laughs> we're dark we're just not this dark we're just, but we're gonna share we're not this dark but we're just gonna we're gonna, we're gonna share, share it. with you so luciferian is equal rights good and equal rights bad they should have 
a black and white cookie be their official dessert? <laughs> well, that's where the black and white floor comes from in all of these crazy Occult movies. All of the Illuminati videos. Anytime you see a black and white checkered floor, it represents the black pope and the white pope. Is that creepy or what? Mm. Never knew that until, of course, COVID. Wouldn't wouldn't know any of this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people who have like black and white checkered floors that I know they did need not to change know that. that out. Like every every fifties <laughs> diner. I was just gonna say, like, or any like ice cream place. Yeah. yeah, is this a breakfast experience or is this yeah. like a cult? <laughs> I need to know before I order my pancakes. <laughs> is this Voodoo Donuts or or not? Is they it? have purple Kool Aid because Voodoo that Donuts had a red had flag. That. Yeah, don't drink don't drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> Yeah, Voodoo Donuts had the black and white check floors. Uh, so you know the you know the Bermuda Triangle, right? It's one of your favorite I, places that you've never been. It's one of my hottest vacation spots. <laughs> That's where, if I have a destination wedding, it's in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll be there. Thank you. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid either. Um, so I always thought it was interesting. Because I was like, well, I wonder if there's other triangles of mass disappearances on land. <laughs> and shockingly, there is. There is. Oh, my God. There's a few. Okay. So I the, love when you teach me stuff. The uh, the Bennington Triangle in Vermont is in the Glastonbury Mountains. Oh, I did know about this. You did know? So 1943 to 1950, there was like several mis- mysterious disappearances. Um, and the term was coined in 1922 because similar things were happening in uh, the Bridgewater I can't even read my own handwriting. Bridge That's, wave, bridge wake. I have no idea, but it happened. It was there was another somewhere triangle somewhere in Virginia. Well, there was another triangle of disappearances happening in Massachusetts, but the one happening in Vermont twenty years later, um, they think it happened. The Native Americans had always said that that land was cursed. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with the American Indians. Yes, those shamans. Man. I agree. They're they're in tune. They're in tune with something more powerful, and I will trust their advice. I agree. They're like, don't go hiking there; it's cursed. I'm like, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> Louisville Lake's kind of one of those places. <gasps> oh, really? yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just went through like most a most dangerous of- lake in America. It what? is. It was at one time. Yeah, most wow. deaths. And people say it's because it was man-made on Indian burial ground. But- <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! I, that never I can't believe that. you guys didn't know that. No. No, I just didn't ever like Louisville Lake, but That's I didn't know right. why. No, it's true. I never it's wanted true. to go there. Yeah. I just always got the creeps from it, but... Wasn't there an alligator in there at one point? Did someone there, release alligators? there like a 365 Devil's Bible somewhere in the middle of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 165 found Bible. Whatever yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I had the, I, I had the weight wrong. That lake. Never had any issues. That's so interesting. There is another lake in some other state. I don't know where. A state that has lakes. Um... That Minnesota. was built on a burial ground, and I think they have like some of the most drownings. Wow! Like out of yeah, it's very interesting. I'm like, you know, let's let's leave the dead people alone. Yes. <laughs> Don't build lakes on top of them. That's crazy. It is. Louisville. Yeah. That's right by us. And so, tell us the rest of the Virginia story. We kind of got off. Like, oh well, that was it. There was what wasn't, happened though. There was just a bunch of people that disappeared. disappeared. Okay, got and it. And they didn't know what or why and but here's the thing it happened in the 40s and 50s so if you go missing then like <laughs> there's no cameras there's no dna like people are like yeah we saw him like two weeks ago <laughs> i think <laughs> everyone's drunk and swing dancing so yeah we don't know they had other things to worry about they were probably at a speakeasy somewhere but yeah that there was two there's one in massachusetts and one in vermont very cool triangles Land triangles. I'm like, I don't know this for sure, but there's got to be one in Florida. There's probably, there's some triangle in Florida. <laughs> I just know it. I know it in my heart. <laughs> Crazy stuff there's happens some, in Florida. That's where all the meth gators come from. It's probably the triangle in Florida. I love it. What's next? Um, I Did you want to talk about homeschooling since a bunch of oh. people are considering homeschooling their children yeah there's a ton of people exodus like the school exodus there's people yeah. that don't want their kids to wear masks there's people that don't want their kids to be unsafe because they're afraid mm-hmm. a lot one, of schools aren't opening. one thing that i'd love to learn was there was a pediatrician out of santa monica that was saying that there has yet to be a case of children transmitting to adults which i think is important to know um and then uh homeschooling 
Here's the thing is, I think every parent who is on their shit, so to speak, um, homeschools their kid. You know, yes, they go to school, they do stuff, but they come home, you've got to check their homework, you've got to do all this stuff. Yeah. It's my opinion that a lot of them are doing some of the heavy lifting Mm -hmm. because these teachers have got sometimes 20, 30 kids in a class and there's no way that they can individually help these kids. So um, what I would would say, in my opinion, because I homeschooled you guys from K through 8, both of you, um, is that the amount of time that I spent homeschooling, I felt was equal to the amount of time that I spent contributing to the school, um, doing projects, creating extracurricular, whatever it was, signing papers, raising money, whatever it was that we were doing for the school, I felt it's the same amount of time commitment. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think actual, like, sit down and focus work is that crazy. The other thing that I really would love people to be open to, I read a great book called The Unschooling. You know, it was all about unschooling. And it was a... It was a recap of what happened somewhere in Europe where they didn't create a curriculum. They just let the kids, they couldn't just go play. Yeah. They had to do things that they were interested in. But what happened was each child developed like unbelievably in their true like divine design, which I thought was so powerful. Um, I think that as long as the kid is learning how to read and write and understands how to do math, um, you'd be surprised if you let them naturally learn how much they will learn. And and retain it because they're not memorizing it just to it's pass just a test. Love. They just love it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty powerful. And I, I think about, and you, you could probably talk about this more than me because you're on the other end of it. But I remember like reading Harris and Me to you and your brother or the Red Wall books or any of the classics. You guys really loved them. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is a lot of moms are like, oh, my God, how do they learn grammar? How do they learn whatever? But if the actual authors are incredible, the best writers in the world with the best grammar in the world, you're reading that over your children. You and Dane both have far superior um, vocabularies than I do. And I believe that that's one of the reasons. But what do you think? Like, what did what was your experience? I, you actually experienced both homeschooled and real school. Oh, yeah. I tried every, every kind of school. Yeah, you did. Um, you did. You had private, public, and charter. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that especially if your kid is younger than middle school, high school, and you can, you have, you can afford and have the time to do it. I say do it because you learn a lot. You learn a lot more about real life things than you would because you're around adults and doing other things. And you went to meetings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I sat in on like millions of meetings. Now, given I didn't learn a lot about geography, so I'm, <laughs> there's like, many times I'm looking things up on maps as an adult, but it doesn't matter because you that, can figure that yeah, out. Yeah, I can figure that out. Like you can figure these things out. But um, so if you can, I say do it. Yeah. I loved being homeschooled. And then when I went to real school, because I went to private school for a year and a half, I went to public school for a year and a half. And then I graduated early from a charter school that you went to for four hours a day. And right. then you just did the rest of the work. You online. literally, there is no other school to experience. No, except for like, boarding school. I wanted to go. I would have gone to boarding school. I wouldn't have let you. I know. I would have liked it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. I think that's the thing. I think if you forcefully get sent to boarding school, yeah. you're like resentful. Yeah. So there's got to be, you know what I mean? Because I wouldn't want to get shipped away when like I'm eight, but... I think it'd have been cool. Are there any kids who like really want to go to boarding school though? Like that just this sounds one, scary. Apparently to me. she does. Yeah. I wanted I yeah. She I think it'd be such so an cool. independent streak though. Um but I like the idea of like condensed learning in a space. I guess that's what college is, but yeah. I didn't I didn't want to go to college because I didn't want to have to do math and that's the problem though, is when you are homeschooled and then you go to school and you realize how stupid some of the busy work is, you're like, This is so it's rote. Damn point it is literally pointless. Like I didn't learn any, besides like the core things you learn about science and math and literature. Yes. 
you don't learn anything that's valuable to applying it to real life. Like we need to start teaching people real life skills. Which is why I've started Light Club. Because that's what, I remember I did a project in like my sophomore year in high school. And it was a science project where you have to build a a DNA thing out of like candy or something. And I was like, what is this? All it took me was four hours to figure out how to glue Twizzlers together. Like that didn't teach me. (laughs) Didn't teach me anything about DNA. Like I could could have read it and recited it to you. It literally was just, it it drained my energy from me. And we don't watching that thing. We fall have apart. we have people that don't understand how the politics work, how a bill gets put through. To you know, like we don't even understand what the Civil War was really about. Like those were corporations fighting each other. It wasn't actually the North and the South fighting each other. It was an infighting. It was a true civil war. And how there's so much stuff that we have not been educated on. Yeah. That honestly, like homeschool is beneficial in the fact that you have the ability that the whole like this the scope and sequence is yours Mm -hmm. you get to decide what order and what scope you want your child to learn in and it's a big responsibility but it's also um it's endless in possibilities Mm -hmm. it is a big responsibility but uh it also teaches you it teaches you how to teach yourself because you spend a lot of time learning how to teach yourself things so you learn more about yourself you learn to question authority because you spend most of your time not with authority. authority. So you don't trust when someone tells you something. Um, you don't get... Um, I, I didn't feel like either you or Dane was swayed by <laughs> their peers at all. Like, yeah. Peer pressure was not a thing, I don't think, for either one of you. If anything, Dane was probably the one. <laughs> peer pressuring his friends? <laughs> as much as I hate to admit that. <laughs> <clears throat> one of the greatest books I ever read was written by homeschool kids. And it was about um, the benefits of it. And it's called Do Hard Things. Yeah, I remember we went to that little system. speaking conference. Yeah, yeah. And, I missed real school to go to that. And what was cool is that the book is broken down into things like the person who started. Um, it's just so long ago that I read it. But like one of the one of the one of the women was in her teens and her brother fell off a roof of a barn and she nursed him and she was 13 years old and she had no nursing but she had instincts and she was able to nurse him back and she started the red cross like this is how the red cross started mm-hmm. and then there, another example was like an amazing um captain of a ship during the revolutionary war and he was i think 13 also we do, we have wow. so much more power to give our children if they understand the possibilities. And I think sometimes the the beauty of school is that it's organized and it's easy. Um, and then the upside of doing something outside of that is you can cater it to your specific child's needs. Yeah, ways of learning. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, because in most schools don't do that. Like if it's if you're they can't. Yeah, it's too many. Yeah. But to me, I, I do believe that whatever works best for the parent is you, best for you the kid. follow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And no matter where your child is, you can supplement and offer them all the other things that you would have during homeschool. Yeah. So there isn't a downside. That's true. So do it. Good conversation. Good question. Thank you. Um, do we want to go to our tweets? Not yet. We have one more. They have like... Well, I had okay. So here's the other thing. We could do tweets. I haven't looked at yours, so you're gonna have to do mine oh. first. <laughs> the other thing I was gonna talk about was, let's see. It's all right. We'll just go straight. You to sure? Tweets. Yeah. Give me one, and Kay. then I'll look for yours while you do that. Actually, I'll mention this real quickly. Okay. Oh yes, this is okay. So I brought two things in. I'm just going to bring one of them up because the other thing I'll bring up next time because it is lengthy and I need to understand it more anyways. Let me pull this up. Okay, so the... All right, I'm going to give you a tweet. No, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Okay. Okay, I have to look up what this stands for. All right. Hold, please. You're on hold. So did you see that article about how the DNR is telling employees to wear masks during Zoom calls. Oh, my gosh. During Zoom calls when they're at home alone. Why? Because it sends a message to the public to visually remind them to wear a mask. Okay, first of all, 
No one's no one's forgetting that. Okay, like you, like I've forgotten my mask in my car and then walked back to go get it because I see the big ass sign on the window. I do it every time. I know. (laughs) Forgetting have to go back. But she said since they are, um, uh, since they are using propaganda to get this role in, they, uh, what's it? Do, 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 do. What is it, DNR? It's the Department of National, what is it? What does it stand for? I forgot. That's what I'm looking at this whole time. Oh, natural. natural. I don't know, DNR was missing the do not resuscitate. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, so that's why I was like, okay, yeah, the head of the Department of Natural Resources is telling employees to wear face masks on teleconferences even when they're not around others and at no risk of spreading the coronavirus. Like, l- no. This is the emperor wears, or the emperor's new clothes. Like, this is literally, we're living this myth, this fairy tale. Well, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. They want everyone to go, look at his beautiful clothes. This mask, it's amazing. No, I just think that all these, a lot of these companies and things are over, overreaching and trying to be this, we're the pinnacle of example for telling people what to do and how to handle things. And they're just looking like idiots. Like it's that, the Lucifer effect. Like that, that is so stupid. Yes. In your own home? Yes. What? No. And then, like, Broward County, they are making families do it in their own houses. Well, that's only if I think they have, like, 10 10 people over at their house. It doesn't matter. There was a guy outside in his garage working, and he got a ticket because he didn't have a mask on. Where's that? In Broward County, Florida. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's the Florida Triangle. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't wear a mask, you're going to go missing. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I just thought it was so insane. Like, if I worked there, I'd quit. I'd be like, no, because I'm not going to look like an idiot. That just It's not even about looking at it like an idiot. It's about... But it's, it's about, about agreeing to something that's stupid. It's about being in agreement with something that is not... That's like, okay, that's literally like telling people that seatbelts are required at a drive-in movie. Yes. While the movie's playing. Yes. Like, imagine if you That's a really good analogy. Like... Literally. It's like wearing your underwear in the shower. There yeah. you go. It's, it, there you go. It, it, it is, it's so pointless. And it's I like it's wearing so goggles when it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> we can keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. We're ready for... Why would you tweet that? Did you? I have one for you. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Um, so my dream life involves luxury travel and undercover scheming. What's the undercover scheming? That is, I know luxury travel. Yes, luxury I've got that travel, down, or I'm not going. Luxury travel is first. Um, I just tweeted that to let people know that I want to be I want to be traveling in first class, and I want to be doing undercover schemes. So what what does that mean though? Like, does that mean you want to be a private investigator, or does that mean? <laughs> what does that hey, mean? there can be you can you can. There's all kinds of schemes. Schemes don't have no. Uh, Is the devil Bible involved in this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> We're gonna go return it to be an eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> That's your undercover scheming. Okay, the other one yeah. is the key to unlocking secrets to the universe <laughs> lies in drinking the perfect amount of iced coffee. Okay, here's why this so is how important. It, it puts you in flow state somehow. No, no, no. Here's why this is important because it it. Drinking the right amount of coffee is like an everyday alchemy experiment. Because <laughs> if you don't drink enough, you feel like you're longing for something. And if you drink too much, you spend like two hours coming down, jittery <laughs> as hell. Like I can't get anything done because I can't sit down and like focus on a single thought for more than two seconds. There you go. So like those rare times when you do drink just the right amount of coffee, it 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 feels like it feels like a drug experience. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to feel. You're like, I am the most powerful because I know the exact right amount. I like it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's what I did today. So I was very proud of myself. You, you nailed it. And that's what I said. I was like, I could for sure unlock the secrets of the universe. Right now. Right now. Because you have it. Yes. I like it. That's good. What is mine? Yours is... Um, I get a headache to- when I drink too much coffee. That's how I know. Yeah, I, I'm like her. I get jittery. I get so jittery. But then I, I get a headache if I don't have any. Like I get if I try to get off caffeine for a while, yes. which I do periodically. I don't do that. Per- periodically. Periodically. I do it periodically. <laughs> okay, you, you tweeted, P. 
People rarely see the saint in another until their funeral. Look for the saint while they are alive, especially your mother, LOL. (laughs) I'm doing a shout out for all the moms out there. I'm trying to like get you guys a phone call, a letter, (laughs) a piece of love. I just want everyone to feel the love. Um, Yeah, that's important. It's very Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. What was it again? (laughs) (laughs) That is so important. I'm so happy you brought that up. I literally could not endorse this more. However, what what did you say again? (laughs) (laughs) That's the Gemini in me. What was it? It says that you're saying that we shouldn't wait till someone's dead to to make them a saint. Okay, so this is a true story. My grandmother, who is no longer on this earth, who I adored, who taught me so much. But for some reason, because she's the in-law mother, she just didn't, she wasn't vibing with my mom at all. My mom gets cancer, and all of a sudden, this is the most prized possession in Mm. my grandmother's life. And then she dies, and all she talks about is my mother. And Mm. I'm like, how in the world does that happen? And then I started thinking about... All of the quirky things you don't like about somebody when they die become the most endearing things. Like, those are the things you go, oh, my God, remember when he would always do this or when she would always do this? Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things that used to drive you effing crazy. But now you're like, I miss that. Like, mm-hmm. when they would go crazy. And so my, my whole point was appreciate it right now. Like, the quirky friends, the weird stuff, the people who you know, drive you crazy, especially if they're family, because when they die, they will become saints. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say this right now. If I die, everyone at my funeral is welcome to talk about the good and the bad. Like, you don't, you don't got to hold back, okay? I don't like sugarcoating anything. We'll talk about your scheming. You can talk. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. I would rather... We were going to bury her, but she somehow went to Florida right before she died. <laughs> And she disappeared. <laughs> Here's the thing. I swear to God, you could say whatever, anyone can say whatever they want about me after I die. It doesn't even have to be all sunshine and roses. Right. But I don't want no hoes going through my journals, okay? <laughs> Literally set them on fire. Okay. Burn them. We'll throw them out the doors and people will like get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be throwing them out the window. And like, the devil's Bible's out <laughs> <laughs> no, but I get that. I get that. Yeah. I won't read your journals. Just, and you know, I've never read yours or Dane's. And I know parents that do. And I know parents that literally don't tell their children that every single text and Ooh. everything that they write is like copied on there. That's deal. messed up. I think so it's messed horrible. Up. Yeah. It's awful. And the thing is, is that like none of them handle it well. Like if you're no. going to do that, like keep it a secret. But they tell they everyone, and yeah. then they tell the kids, and then the kids feel betrayed, and then now they can't even trust their own parents. Mm-mm. I can't believe the parents would even want to know, though. I mean, you know, the way you talk when you're young, like your friends and stuff, it's, it's, it's not so what private. your parents to are going to want to hear. Always but... felt, I've always felt very, very strongly that there's private conversations. Yes, and, I agree. I, I, and you I don't actually, have to explain them. It's an inalienable, inalienable human right, I think, to some yeah, extent. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I yeah. agree. Totally. Yeah. And so I'm with I'm I, with Kevin on that one. Yeah, as a teenager, Thanks. I, I would have been... I get a point. Yes, <laughs> you get a Kevin point. gets points. As a teenager, I'd have been mortified if, my, if anyone went through my text. But now, oh God, me too. I would be embarrassed for so many different reasons. Like, I would just look like such a dork, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the screen, like the things I Googled, yeah. like, it would just be embarrassing. Like, um, I don't even care. I... As you know, you know my code. I'm yeah. like, if anything ever happens, I want her to know everything that was going on in my life and why it was happening. And like, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't feel that way. Throw my phone in an ocean, <laughs> drop the books off the dock. Let me let me die with my schemes, okay? <laughs> you know, my parents never admitted it, but I know my mom used to get on the other line and listen to my phone conversations. Oh. You know, it, before cell phones, when I was in. Oh yeah, yeah. You're old. You're old. Yeah. You That's know what true. those those cord was it a cordless or? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I had my own cordless in my room. That was yeah. like a big deal. That's so funny. I love it. Well, there you go. There we go. It's a new world. It's a new world. All right. Thanks, Thanks for being here for our schemes and stay suspicious. <laughs>